Welcome, friends, to another episode of Church of the Geek, a podcast where we examine the intersection of the comic and the divine, where our sanctuary is equipped with blast doors, and you need no special wristband to gain entrance. Hello, I am Brian Bennett, campus pastor in Pittsburgh, and your regular co-host here at Church of the Geek. And as always with me is everyone's favorite planet killer hospice chaplain, Sam Blair. Sam, how are you doing tonight? Uh, The weapons are charged and uh, ready to fire, so we're all ready to go. Good, 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 good. And it's it's summer. It's the the time is here for disaster movies. Yeah, although why not? we could argue that you don't we didn't really need any disaster movies over the past year and a half. Yes, we had the news. It's, it was, <laughs> you, you you couldn't write this stuff as quickly as it came out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a difference between a a pandemic movie, you know, or I might say pandemics and zombie movies are maybe a little more akin of one another, but uh, disaster movies, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. Um, Mm -hmm. Sorry, obligatory. Disaster movies have have a special place. Uh, I think they I think the general uh, movie history of them comes from the 70s where you had, you know, uh, airplane 77 right or mm-hmm. whatever that was so in the in the late 70s we'd have these sort of plane crash movies or um, inferno i think that was i remember watching something like that on oh the towering inferno towering inferno mm-hmm. yes you can't ever get smaller disasters right mm-hmm. you got to you got to go you got to go bigger right and so right. by the by the 90s and the and the early 2000s you you're dealing with like planetary disasters there was um deep impact uh, mm-hmm. meteor slamming or comet slamming into the earth there's um armageddon which is also uh, asteroid slamming asteroid into the earth. slamming into the earth um so and then 2012 where it's just the mind calendar has run out and it's time yeah. for the entire earth to reset boom we're done it's the worst of all of the disaster movies well that's that was a, that's a question for another time. I mean, it's oh. it's it's quite. Int- I was doing some some research regarding disaster movies, and yeah. it was interesting in regarding how they categorized them and all that. Um, they kind of started off with the hierarchy of natural disasters and man-made disasters, and then you know, natural disasters included things like they had geological, they had hydrological, hydrological floods and tsunamis and so on right. climate climate disasters fires stuff like that and then man-made disasters there was you know all the kinds of things like the airplanes the cars the ships the spaceships the nuclear things but yeah there's some there's some really strange and generally bad ones that but there's also some some real classic ones too that um, I had thought about that. I hadn't thought of for a long time, like uh, silent runnings, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, it's a slow burn disaster film, kind of, sorta, but it's kind of the wake of an ecological disaster in, you know, like yeah. in space. Well, I just said 2012 is the worst because that's what NASA said. NASA has named yeah, 2012 yeah. the worst one uh, for now. I'm going with that, but have you seen the core though. Mm-mm. Oh, it's no. bad. 
It's 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 hilariously bad. Sure. I, I suspect it. But we are not here not to talk about all the bad ones. Yes. We're here to talk about one that is pretty good. And I think I know why this one is 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 pretty good. Mm-hmm. Although the, I will say that the looking at, at critics' words across the uh the internet, it's mixed. Yeah, which I'm I, it, I'm shocked. I was I was surprised too. I kind of got some of the well, back up. We were talking about the movie Greenland, which came out last year with yes. uh, Gerard Butler yeah. and is available on streaming. It's on HBO Max, correct? HBO Max. Yeah, yes. That's where I find it. Yeah. It has, it has Gerard Butler uh, and Marina Baccarin, which I would have watched just for those two. Mm-hmm. The, and uh, uh, they have a son. Um, so it's, it's John and Allison Garrity and their son, uh, Nathan, um, Allison's father shows up, Dale, um, all the rest are pretty much all on the version, basically on the, uh, just brief characters because nothing, yeah. everything is in motion the entire time. Everybody else says, so it's a pretty standard, uh, the comet is slamming into the earth. Everything starts off well. And then, um, there's. Uh, an impact because this is not just a singular uh, the way they set it up. This is not just a singular comet. Mm-hmm. It's a comet that has, that is basically fragmented. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's not like come a and, single, it's, it, it's not like a single asteroid that's hitting the earth. It's a comet that is that the earth is passing through its, its wake basically. And so the comet is shedding off these, uh, right. you know, little meteors, small and large. And it was, and it's coming from another, uh, coming from another galaxy. And so, or another uh, solar system. So it's not on our plane. And that's why they, they, that's the, the, the plausible reason that it wasn't detected early enough, which I don't buy, but um, yeah, a few things you gotta, you gotta go. So that's the general gist and the, a, in the midst of that, uh, this this looming disaster, the um, there are some people who have been pre-selected uh, to go into shelters, and so that this is basically the story. John and Allison and their son have been selected to make it to go to a shelter. Because he is a structural engineer and he builds skyscrapers and mm-hmm. it would be the kind of person you would want in the aftermath, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they simply say, get to the Air Force Base, we'll fly to where you need to go. And so that's the story is them, is that journey getting from their alert. So, and there's lots of things that bring about stress, lots of things, their, their marriage is stressed. They mm-hmm. are working on reconciling after um, an act of infidelity on the husband's part. I think mm-hmm. that's ultimately revealed. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of the, mm-hmm. that. That adds tension. How would that look? What would that look like? So there's the, I mean, that's the general premise of the movie. And then we get into all of these other scenarios. So because nothing can be easy. 
in these kind of movies or else you wouldn't have much of a, of a movie, you know, of course. But right. the, the, the thing I liked about this movie, it, it really kind of flew under the, the radar. It, it didn't have a big American opening. It, it kind of opened overseas first, you know, worked its way over here. But, you know, during the pandemic, it, it, I don't even know if it made it into theater theaters, uh, but it did get some traction from when it went on to video on demand and so on. And that's how I found it. I had heard about it and that's, it seemed like a movie that I really wanted, wanted to see it like interesting. They, it kind of kept some mystery to it, you know, regarding why is the movie called Greenland for one and what's, what's happening, you know, some sort, some kind of a, uh, a major disaster, but you don't quite get what's going on. It's not as obvious as like San Andreas or Armageddon or something like that, where everything's kind of, you know, right out there. But when I sat down and watched it, I, I really liked the fact one that the, the story itself wasn't over the top. It was shot on a very low budget. So it didn't have a lot of the grand, scenes that you would often see in a movie. Like I keep on comparing it to San Andreas where it's, you know, there's buildings collapsing and mass and, you know, 20, 2012, there's all kinds of, uh, things breaking apart, falling apart, things like that all, you know, all over the place, these massive special effects shows. This one didn't have a whole lot of major special effects. It was a lot of storytelling and, And it was a lot of, it was character driven. It was driven by the story of this dad and this mom and this son. And, and they're trying to cope with the situation. And at at one point, you know, they're, they're broken up by various different means and you're trying to come back together. And it's, it's a really interesting story. And it, it was interesting because, you know, I, I mentioned I've, you know, I was poking you for a while about, oh, we need to watch Greenland. We need to watch Greenland and we talk about it. And then I remember when you texted me when you, when you started watching it and you're like, I hate you for this because it okay. really, yeah. I believe my words were, you suck. Okay. Okay. I Hate's didn't say a bad I word. hate you. It's that I suck. You suck. Which is different. I, I admit that. Okay. Literally, I was half an hour in and I was already like crying. (laughs) Yeah. I had to watch it in half an hour installments. Well, I think I think that character focus, um, all the other ones, uh, Armageddon, Deep Impact and uh, 2012, right? These are all big epics. And mm-hmm. and I I will say I haven't seen 2012, so I don't know about that. But the the deep impact in Armageddon, bad science aside, which that's a whole other uh, section. The science is not good there. But they are always they are looking at the uh, the politicians, the military, and the. Uh, Nerds find it coming up with a solution, right? In Armageddon, right. you also throw in the the oil drillers, right? Mm-hmm. But um, those are all 
removed from, in a sense, feet on the ground. How are we gonna? How are we gonna stop this? Mm-hmm. Right. This is. We didn't need the big, uh, massive special effects because, literally, the the camera is drawn in tight onto that family. Mm-hmm. They're not looking at all the other stuff going around. And I think that's what makes it a really interesting movie to talk about and to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it would have been interesting to see what would the reception have been like if it had been in any regular year and released to the movie right. viewing public. Mm-hmm. And to me, the thing, another thing that really stood out about it was ultimately I felt it was a very Christian film in the way that it showed the, the thing that really kind of stood out to me was how it showed the impact of normal people doing normal good things for each other. It wasn't one person. It wasn't Dwayne Johnson saving everybody in his helicopter. It wasn't special people doing special things. You know, like you just said, the nerds, the scientists, the, the, the heroes doing things. It was just normal people who were trying to, trying to get to safety who were and who were trying to help other people get to safety. And, and I think some people saw that as a bit of a, I think maybe that's where some people saw problems in that there there's, there's definite places in, in the, the story where something, something happens and the story only gets moved along and the problem gets resolved just because the right person has to be there in the right time. And that happens a lot. But at the same time, I think given the situation, there's a lot of people there all doing, (laughs) all doing things. And it's just one person stepping up and doing the right thing that advances the story. It's not. Yeah. But it's not, it's not just, it's not like this is a, a perfect scenario. Right. Because the issue is how do we in a sinful world manage in extreme circumstances? I within that first half hour, my my initial thought was this entire movie is a reflection on what does it mean to love your neighbor? Mhm. And that it's within the within the focus of the 10 commandments. Love God, love neighbor, right? And how how does what does that look like? Mhm. So, for instance, and I'm not, this isn't given a lot. This happens within the first 15 minutes of the film, I think. So the, the, the family, the Garrity family is alerted that they have been chosen as part of this lottery when everybody in their community is gathered in their living room for a birthday, for, for their son's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And in that scenario... one early impact uh of a mm-hmm. of a uh, comet fragment in uh, into Florida and they're in Atlanta and they get that shockwave pretty early but it's not so bad it knocks knocks John off his feet mm-hmm. but he gets back up he's not he's not hurt but the, the fact that it happened in Florida <laughs> and they felt and they felt it in in Atlanta and then right 
and then by some miracle, there's still hel- helicopters in Florida that are circling over the the wreckage of Tampa and so on. But uh, well, kind okay. of that aside. Yeah. The- again, science. <laughs> I will. I will uh, suspend my disbelief for a little. Yeah. Bit. But now the question is, all of their friends, their neighbors know that they have been selected to go to somewhere somewhere and to somehow be safe and so everybody leaves they pack up their stuff they jump in their car as their car drives away one of their neighbors runs out holding her daughter who is their son's best friend mm-hmm. ellie i think was her name yeah and and they're like take her take ellie save ellie and and there's a there is a panicked moment of discerning what does love your neighbor mean at this moment do they take her or don't they mhm they have been warned those three people and no others no exceptions mhm instead they drive past the mother trying to thrust her daughter into the car mhm yeah, they and the, the mom is standing in front of the car, banging on the banging on the hood, refusing to let them go. Right. And yeah, it's this really tense moment of you know they need to get to it's a, a, a air force base as soon as possible, and mm-hmm. and now they you know they have someone who is blocking their way, but this person blocking their way is literally their neighbor. Right. So there's a question, and and I and I believe that uh, John Garrity makes the right call, mm-hmm. precisely because what he says: what are we supposed to do? Take her, and then leave her in a mass of people that don't know her, mm-hmm. because he understands that they will they will not take her. So. There are a number of different scenarios that um, pop up about how do we love our neighbor? How do we extend care? How do we invite people into this? And if if we are talking about loving your neighbor and Ten Commandments, it means we have to wrestle with the power of sin in the world mm-hmm. and and what that looks like and what our human brokenness can drive us to. Mm-hmm. And those are the scenarios that continue right like there's a there's a gut wrenching scene um when uh John and uh is separated from uh from his wife and child. Mm-hmm. They have to go so now now we're watching two threads at once, two stories uh happening at the same time. What does that look like? What does that mean? And uh Allison's scenario is got wrenching oh yeah um uh, here's 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 the point we're going to talk about this movie so um if you want to pause this without spoilers and you want to go see it pause it now um otherwise you know listen on but the uh she she because she was a recipient of some kindness by strangers the, the long and short of it is that even though they had been selected, they are deselected from their 
their plane ride because their son is type one diabetic and that would have been an automatic exclusion right away. Mm-hmm. So they and have basically, to go, mm-hmm. go ahead. They, and they basically were ex- they they said you know he he can't come you can you and your wife can but your son can't which meant to them that they you know that was not going to you know so they're trying to figure out how how again through the kindness of people to to survive basically right right it's frightening mm-hmm. how how would you deal with that how would you decide you know do, do I stay? Do I go? What do we do about our kid? Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, it was something else. And and there's so many scenes like you brought up where there's, you, you see the effects of people acting selfishly, contrasted strongly with people that act self, selflessly. Yes. Often in very close juxtaposition to what, to one another. Like for example, the the mom and the son uh, are picked up a, by a uh, a family, a, a husband and wife who are heading in the same direction. They're they're trying to get to Kentucky, correct? To her father's house. Uh, Allison and yes, yeah, that's correct. To mm-hmm. her father's house. And I was that's where we're going to meet. There, that she left a note for the husband. Meet me at my dad's in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. And so they, they come across a husband and wife who at first are, are helpful. They're, they're, they're taking them, taking them in. They're going to take them to Kentucky. And then as time goes on, you see the gears turning in their heads that, Hey, we can get, maybe this is our ticket to wherever, to survive wherever they're going. So, they basically forcefully kick the mom out of the car, drag her out of the car and steal her wristband and take her son to with, with them with the intention of, you know, they threaten him that you are, you are now our son. And there's this kind of crazy moment where you're trying, you know, you're seeing this couple who on one hand not that long ago which were seeming like they were the helpful ones and then t- turned on a dime and the husband is now okay it's us or them right and and the wife the this this guy's wife is a, a totally passive partner in, in in this kind of scheme and so they get to the, when they get to the so the family, the kidnaps, the son takes off and the, the mom is losing her, her mind by the side of the road. Yeah. And she just starts walking because what else do you, what else can you do? And a van comes up with a, a large family of that are Hispanic. They could be immigrants, mm. any, any, the, migrant the, workers, migrant workers. Some, we don't know yeah, their story. Know. We do, You're just we kind do of guessing. get it. Mm-hmm. Large family picks them up, picks her up and just takes her in and says, where are you going? And they take her on up the road ahead. And, right. and it's that, and it's, the, it's those things where you see these, these people who 
happen to be there at the right time and become the neighbor to, to these, to this, this family. Yes. Um, there's, there's the, there's a scene in the drugstore where they're trying to get mm. insulin for the son, because that's one of the big, the big things that split them up in the first place was he had left his insulin in the car, went back to get it. They get, they get broken up. And so they go to a drugstore and while they're in the drugstore, the drugstore gets taken over by armed robbers who are shooting people, stealing things. But one of the armed robbers, you know, sees them and kind of turns aside and says, just go, get out of here, go. Mom pleads, Allison pleads, he's, he's just seven. Yeah. And she, she stands up and stares at him. He's like, just go. And, mm-hmm. and she and she bolts. And that's when she gets in the car with the husband and wife. Yeah. Um, and I think I think this is a place. Wh- I think this is a good place to think about the character and nature of sin, mm-hmm. because we are always used to. I I think the the primary American understanding of sin when we talk about it is moral failures. Um, some sort of stain upon uh, or some stain that blots out our righteousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I think it's more helpful to understand sin, not just our transgressions and the way we we fail God's laws, but to the inherent brokenness within relationships that we all live through every day. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the brokenness of relationship between God and the human being and God, the human being and other human beings, the human being and nature and the human being and him, uh, his or herself. Mm-hmm. That, that what we see here is a fabric of society that is riddled with fractures of relationships. And mm. so I find this really helpful that even in the midst of that, of that fracturing of those, of those broken relationships, it is not ever uh, hopeless. We need not immediately despair. There, there can be good things that happen. We can show love to our neighbors in the midst of, of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I have found this to be a really interesting reflection. And that's why I think it is helpful that they simply focus on these three characters as they move from point A to point B. The ultimate journey, the ultimate uh, destination is for them to get to Greenland where they have a top secret shelter uh, that is awaiting them. Mm-hmm. So can they make it? And what happens along the way? How do we, how do we see that? So um, we see a, we see a full mix of human beings. Um, when John is, John finds his way into a truck and someone tells him about a, they know they can't get on the plane at the uh, um, at the military bases anymore because they've been flagged, and they can't uh, they can't get out because of their son. But there is a there's sort of a independent flight heading from Canada up to Greenland, and so now that becomes the thing. They can't they can't get to Greenland through the military. Now they got to go s- sort of some sort of extra canonical route, mm-hmm. which that's good. Um, that would have been a really short movie otherwise, right? <laughs> but, you know, in the midst of it, though, there's also all of this, all of this imagery. 
And one of the things that, as I was watching it, and I think this is one of the things that I judge apocalyptic movies by, how many different biblical stories does it call to mind for me? Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so love your neighbor. Uh, clearly there's some, there's a lot of stuff there, right? The, um, I think the, you made, you made a comment, right? I was like, Oh, right. The good Samaritan. Right. Uh, there's th- that is, that happens throughout the story. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Um, they, they encounter Allison's dad, Dale. And they leave Dale in Lexington and, and he is happy to stay, but there's a moment where he sort of, they leave and he watches them go away and he looks up into the sky and they did a really nice job in this regard that the sky always has this ominous black smoky orangey. Right. It's like it's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, that's, that is uh, almost always visible. Riders on the storm. Um, <laughs> but, and and he had just said that he didn't want to go. He'd lived here at this place all his life. His wife had died there. If it was his time, that's where he was going to go. Mm-hmm. And he looks to the, he looks up, right? And I could not help but think of Psalm 121, which in a lot of versions, I lift my eyes to the hills. Mm-hmm. From where shall my help come? And I've been in a lot of places where I think because of the way that it gets, listen, people are like, oh, it's about the beauty of nature. But if you read the whole thing, that's not what it's about. I lift my eyes to the high places, the high the, that's the word. It's the places where all of the go- altars to the foreign gods were put. Mm-hmm. I lift my eyes to the high places, the threats outstanding from other gods. Where does my help come from? Mm-hmm. And I just thought there was, a, there were, I think there were two great acts of faith that happened in that, in that moment. One is actually that the family leaves Dale in a sense that is a, it's a testament of faith because they don't say, oh, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. But he goes, if we see each other again, we do, right? Kind of thought. But in this regard, I also go back to yours, your comment that this is a very sort of Christian-hearted movie, mm-hmm. right? And I would agree, this was an act of faith. If it is my time, it is my time. If it's not, it's not. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. And I I read one article where people were like, that was the worst moment. It was the most touching and it's the worst moment of the film. And from my viewpoint here, I don't think that's the case. What were the what was the point of it saying that it was the worst point of the film because it was too because they left sentimental? Oh, because, because they, they left, left him there. Because they left him there. But I think they already they but they had mm-hmm. already set up why they 
had to leave people there. So. <laughs> but I mean, I guess now they're going, did they know that well, they were going to Canada at that point? Right. That, that That's the point. They were leaving Lexington to go to Canada. Okay. Um, and so. But I think on to- his end, I mean, he was very much seeing that as a way of sacrificing himself so that, because he knew that it, it wasn't, by taking, he was taking someone else's spot, basically. I think. And no, by- I don't think so. I don't think that that was ever his. That was. I don't think that. I. Mm-mm. I think he just. I think he understood the severe nature that was about uh, of the yeah of this disaster. And that being said, he just wanted. He was going to leave it in God's hands. It was it was a real act of of trust. Mm-hmm. So I that's that's where I am with that one. That's uh, I saw it as a real level of contentment. I mean, I think that was something in terms of how he approached the whole situation as well. Was he didn't approach it with fear or panic or anger? He approached it with a sense of calm and not like it wasn't like a fatal fatalistic calm or a nihilistic. Oh well, whatever happens, happens. It was very much, I think, like you say, the you know the the Lord's hand is is present in all of this, however it be, right? And and maybe in that way, it's sort of reflective of the, of the story of Job and his accepting what the what what's what's happened, uh, but. Obviously, not towards the tail end of Job, where he's you know kind of shaking his fist, but in terms of accepting what he's been given and yeah. trying to find peace in that. Right. Uh, there were apocalyptic scenes mm-hmm. all over the place. Obviously, like the sky, that looming sky. Like it didn't. It also didn't help. <laughs> I felt like the the comet's name was Clark. Yeah. So I don't know if it was named after Arthur C. Clarke, but I don't know where that comes from, except, you know, that that was uh, Nathan's refrain. There's Clark in the beginning. He was always excited to see it. There's Clark. It wasn't a very scary name. No, it wasn't. Right. (laughs) But, um, you know, it just it gets more and more intense. You see more and more. And so you're talking about the sky turning blood red kind of imagery that is in there. And so I can't help but, you know, think of Mark 13 and uh, all of that language that we use to, to describe the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a really, that's another, another image that just comes, we get hellfire falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they make their way through uh, up into upstate New York. Right. And suddenly volcanic debris is raining down just on falling everybody. down from from yeah and there's no um no warning at all to them or to you it's just like all of a sudden stuff just right starts showering down and it's i think the fact that it's these little small ones was even more terrifying because they're running through the the woods and there's just like this like zip 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 of these little micro meteors um going all around them and uh hitting cars and so on. Um, 
Oh, and and fun fact, uh, the comet, I mean, this is on IMDb, uh, the comet is named Clark in a tribute to the late Arthur C. Clark. Ah, see, I, I called it. Auth- author of the 1993 novel Hammer of God, which describes the impact of on Earth of a planet-killing asteroid. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a great book, by the way. I, that I, I have read that book. That's... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to be confused with Bo Geertz's... Uh, book hammer of god don't confuse the two arthur c clark's hammer of god yeah so Mm -hmm. but yeah that one they that's why the the thing i remember is he's describing the impact of a comet upon the earth it's like think about it like a like an ice cream sundae and like an ice cream sundae that one is like no like you know a million ton ice cream sundae it's all full of different stuff (laughs) and it's gonna slam into the earth and you know oh right Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that is a, that's a very, that's a very good book. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually the, the family gets reunited. Uh, they, they make it to Greenland, but even, even then they're just on the razor's edge. You, you see the, the giant planet killing asteroid, uh, I, I think by the time they get to Greenland, it had already hit or that when they're, when they're getting it into is, the bunker, it, it had already hit, but the shock wave and so on, cause it hit in Europe. Right. It lands in, it, it uh, makes contact in Europe. Uh, it, yeah, they get there moments before the shock wave hits, which then also I will tell you the other, another imagery that, uh, that pops up for me is Noah's Ark. Exactly. I th- there's there's several points in the film that remind you of Noah's Ark. Yeah. Absolutely. So um except here instead of animals streaming to the um to the ark it's the human beings streaming to the ark. Mhm. Um the I will I'll tell you that that image hits me actually at the very end, mm-hmm. the very end is the place where, um, again, I've already we already said we're going to talk about spoilers. Three months after the impact of the of the comet, they open the blast doors where the ash has filtered out of the atmosphere. And there are two birds that flit in front of the, mm-hmm. uh, in front of the door. Two very it, bad CGI birds, but there are still birds. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I went all that way with you for that movie. Don't. I yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. But the I was waiting for Bambi to pop out somewhere and one land on its nose. Yeah, it was. But uh, it, it was it was a great two scene. birds, which made me, which called to mind. How do you know when the flood's over, right? Mm-hmm. The two birds return with the olive branch. So that was that was there. It was a it was a really well, I was already I, mean, I was crying. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of lucky I saw the bird anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it, and it still all comes back to and focuses around the story of this family. And yes. As they're they're hunkered down in in the bunker, with 
hearing the sirens going off about the the impact and the wave that's going to be hitting the base um they're all they're all gathered together and you know Gerald Butler is is you know we're good whatever happens we're here and we're together and he's he's trying to comfort them and they are all together because that's you know they they made it this far and and it goes through this you know this flashback which um is just a real you know tearjerker considering mm. all that they've gone through and just the ongoing struggles that they had in their relationships with their family and so on and kind of all the things that have have gone ahead of them all all the good things and um bringing those things that is showing that that's what has strengthened them and connected them through all this. Right. It was. The, it just goes to say again, in a sense, the real story is not the comet or how people are saved or not. The, the real story here is this group of people and, and how they wrestle with so many drastic things that come upon them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do they stay together or not? Which, which was a question at the beginning. Are they going to, right, because of the marital infidelity and the the, the troubles there. Mm-hmm. Are they going to stay together or not? I think that literally is the question for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So. Cause they're being torn apart relationally and physically during the mm-hmm. entire, you yeah. know, it, it's, it's kind of a mirror of what's going on in their relationship and all the things that are tearing them apart and their desire to come back together the rupture of relationships, the presence of sin in the world. That's, that's Mm -hmm. the, I I just keep going back to that. Like that is the, that's the, that's the question for the whole movie. How do we encounter that? How do we engage that? Mm -hmm. How do we respond to that? Mm -hmm. Been easy enough uh, to respond with anger and hatred as many did. Been, uh, it was harder, but also we still have lots of places of people acting responding with love and kindness and mercy. Mm-hmm. The doctors on the medical base, on the military base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of that, that was. Yeah. And even there's so many little things like that. The doctor on the medical base, there was the, the, the mom finally, you know, also gets to the medical base looking for her son. The son is there, but she, he, she doesn't know that he's there. Right. And she's frantically trying to get someone's attention. No one's paying much attention to her. No one can help until someone just kind of, you know, comes up and says, okay, let's see if we can find your son. And they patiently go through all the tents. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. he in here? No. Is he in here? No. I thought that, I'm going to say, I thought that was one of the best pastoral moves in mm-hmm. the whole movie. You, you have somebody on a complete mental breakdown, emotional and mental breakdown. All right. And I, and I remember this from, 
one of my pastoral care courses in seminary. Our pastoral care professor was like, so I had this woman and she was completely brilliant. She was completely just unhinged. She was so emotional and it, it something was just completely distraught, right? And he, he says, I, I, we just got off his hair. Come with me. And he just walked in and he just would say, oh, like, oh, hand me those coffee filters. Like he was, he started to make a pot of coffee, but he would like, like oh, give me those. And she would do this. And he was engaging her body because right now her brain was only in lizard mode, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about our, our lizard brains. That's all she was thinking about. And so it's like, oh, yeah, hand me that. Oh, give me some. Could you give me some water? Can you like? And so as he's doing all the stuff sort of right here, he was getting her moving. He was engaging other parts of her body. And I felt like that move by that um, a disaster response worker mm-hmm. was the most incredibly pastoral act in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, come with me. Yeah, let's go. Let's go look. Like, yeah. If she just stood there and kept hearing we can't do anything. We can't do anything. We don't know. He goes, all right, come with me. Mm-hmm. And, th- and so that was, that was a real, it was a way to engage her in another mode of thinking. Oh, let's go look, let's walk. And you know, when you see her, she wasn't completely settled down, but she was not losing it. Mm-hmm. And that, so I thought that was a yeah lovely scene. Yeah. He really, like he went and, walked walked beside her didn't tell her what to do it was a he was that talking chaplaincy that calm comforting presence yep and i think it was interesting too that when she did find her son he, he left he just kind of went back out the door there wasn't any like touching he was he wasn't hanging out there um he just goes and his his job was done and and he left and there wasn't any kind of uh repayment or anything you know there it wasn't a, a scene between him and her it was that he was there to to help and that that help was not about him yeah that was great it was a great moment so mm-hmm. there's it. a lot there's a lot of good scenes of people acting pastorally uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's also interesting to watch how some of the other people who aren't selected decide to approach the end of the the world. Mm-hmm. There is a scene very briefly of a church, a little storefront like Baptist church. Mm-hmm. That people are 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 heading into. And you can tell it's pretty packed. Right. There's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There people standing outside. You can see sort of silhouettes through the window. It is not, it's not uh it's not empty. Mm-hmm. That place where people have turned. Another place where people have turned, there was a rooftop party. Yeah, the rave people, at the top of the Yeah. You know, rave at the end of the world. Okay. Which also is kind of reminding of of, of Noah and, and the flood. And uh, yeah, they're watching things hit other buildings and they're like, woo, look at that, you know? So yeah, there's that sense of, you know, people, there's people that turn to faith. There's people that turn to pleasure. There's people that turn to uh, self-preservation at all costs. And mm-hmm. right, um, yeah. 
So no, it was a it, it was a very uh, it was a very interesting movie. Uh, it was again when I think disaster movies, I you know my go tos basically really Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Like that's one that's in my head. That's one drilled into me. <laughs> but um yeah. Bruce Willis, Liv Tyler, you know, Rock and Aerosmith uh soundtrack. Woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. But, but. I, I I will tell you this in, in the little bit of research I did, you know, beforehand I was looking at uh I wanted to get you know, find a list of all the, uh, you know, various disaster movies. And I found this one that kind of had them all categorized and so on as the one I was going for. But it's interesting in terms of what they considered disaster movies in some cases. Like under the heading of geological disasters, they had uh, Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea, uh, Blue's Clues, uh, then Ratatouille, uh Ratatouille? Ratatouille, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Minions, uh, Secret Life of Pets were all geological disaster movies by some stretch of the imagination. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I get. I think it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. Ratatouille, though? Uh, No. Yeah, that was quite funny. Well, and they under under natural disasters, they had all of the Transformers movies, and that I agree with. That's no, that's fine. Um, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. those are disasters. Well, look, I think you can. I think you can call um, all the Avengers movies disaster movies. Well, it's interesting. They had um, Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp listed in the natural disaster movies. No, I don't know. Transformers, no. yes. Transformers, yes. I think, look, I mean, in some regards, some of our superhero films are nothing but disaster porn. Yeah. You know, uh, Kong versus Godzilla. That's a that's a bit of a disaster movie when yeah. you get into Hong Kong. A lot of so. a lot of monster movies are some form of disaster movies. Yeah. Because it's just it's just rather that that the the monster is the force of nature as opposed to the earthquake yeah. or the Right. Tsunami, whatever. Yeah, well, I just thinking about like the Chitari coming into uh, New York from from Avengers. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a that's a that's a disaster. It's and I think it's on the it's on the the order of comet intersecting Earth type disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Age of Ultron. Also, I mean, sure, Ultron yeah. manufactured the comet, but. Out of the city of Sokovia, but same, but same idea, yeah, same idea, yeah. But, but anyway, I, I think all those disaster movies are at their best when they have us wrestle with the the ethical and philosophical questions about our relationships and our um, engaging our neighbor. Mm-hmm. How do we? How best do we love God and neighbor? Fulfill the Ten Commandments in those disaster movies. Mm-hmm. So Greenland is, but Greenland is good. I I didn't get the, um. So I didn't get the mixed reviews. I didn't understand it. Yeah, I I didn't really either. I think you you can fault it for a number of things that you could kind of fault any movie for, but I think, um, 
it's it's really good. It's it's a lot better than I expected. Um and I and I think too, because the the fact that the the people are at, at the center of it and the story of those people. Uh yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Good stuff. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna stop that there. And uh Sam, you know, I'm gonna ask you. What are you geeking out about? Well, I have two things I'm geeking out about. All right. Um, one, uh, we are going to be in the future uh, reviewing the movie Dune once it once it gets out. And that mm-hmm. is a, a book I have not read, which you have read several times. So yep. I I got I got it on Kindle. I am on chapter five. Um, awesome. I I got it on Kindle because I can be a little intimidated by very thick books and mm-hmm. having it on, on Kindle, I don't have the thickness of the book intimidating me. I can, you know, I'm just, right. I can just go through the pages and that, that kind of, that really works for me. Um, so I, having seen the movie, it helps a little bit. It's not too unfamiliar already. Uh, the, the David Lynch film, but yeah, there's there's points where it's it's already definitely different in terms of yeah. characterization and so on. Uh, but the second thing I'm geeking out about is that Super Friends is now on HBO Max. Get out! Yeah. The the old school Super Friends. Legion of Chief. Oh, oh my. And just, I, I started watching it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot how insane this was. It's, it's like old school Adam West Batman comics cranked up to 11. Oh yeah. Yep. Agreed. Wonder twin powers activate. Um, well, this was even, they had, uh, what was it? It was Wendy and Marvin and yeah. and something, the Wonder Dog. And I, I remember that. I remember Wendy and Marvin because I had two goldfish when I was younger and they were Wendy and Marvin from the Super Friends. Cool. So. so nice. There's so there's that. So, and what are you geeking out about? I too have started reading uh, Dune. Uh, although I am reading it uh, in uh, in the book form, so I am thrilled to be rereading it. Uh, I think it's my third or fourth read through. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I will say I was. We'll talk about this when we get to the movie. But I'm I've been struck, um, having also read all of the um, Song of uh, Ice and Fire books by George R. R. Martin, and particularly the first one, Game of Thrones, there, the influence of Dune on Game of Thrones should not be um, overlooked. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a great deal uh, of similarity in sort of political, the political struggle uh, uh, and all of that. But... But uh, uh, Frank uh, Herbert uh, gets quick, gets to the uh, point more quickly. So, mm-hmm. uh, and there's no dragons, but there are sandworms. So you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's um, it's it's very cool. Religion is 
all throughout this. It's yeah. fantastic. So love that. Um, I finally, the other thing I will say is I finally finished watching this snack, this snack. <laughs> okay. Let's see the where Zack Snyder cut. Uh, of the finally Justice League. I finally finished it. I've been watching it in bits and pieces. Uh-huh. And, um wow. It was better. I it think was, I agree it was better. I, I'm still not I mean, and I, I look, I kind of liked I, I get it. It's a hot mess. Yeah. It, it it's its own disaster movie. Um yeah. <laughs> But I did like the Justice League uh, on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. And and I liked the Zack Snyder cut better um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's still not, it's, it's not good. It's not, I mean, I don't even want to say, like, sometimes I'll go, well, you know, it's not a perfect movie. Yeah. I mean, I, there are places where I am pretty sure that it's not a good movie either. Um, but there's, there's a lot there going on and I, who knows if we'll ever see another justice league movie, but the whole notion of that we got to actually see dark side Mm -hmm. and, you know, anti-life equation, it was really sort of like, Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's some meaty stuff that you can dig into and rather than just mention dark side once. And if you didn't really know who that was, you wouldn't even get that reference, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're like, Oh wait, so this guy isn't the big bad guy. He's like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and Steppenwolf's costume was better. Yeah. His effects were better. He, mm-hmm. he didn't look like a, it didn't look like a video game all the time. Yeah. His armor was impressive. Yeah. So, but yeah. And we got a lot more cyborg and you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, that a lot was, more flash. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I was thinking we should, we could do an episode in the future on um, the, the Snyder cut and the perils of getting what you want. <laughs> <laughs> because it's fair. That's exactly what this was. <laughs> so. You know, nobody has ever come to me and say, we want the Bennett cut of your sermon from like, no, you want the four-hour sermon? Okay. Yeah. Could you do that yeah. in three-four aspect ratio, please? Yeah, it's another like. What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I think we should. I think we should come back and revisit the Snyder cut. Yeah. So, but anyway, so that's a that's a fun one. But that's it. That's kind of that's where I was. Oh, I'm also going to say this too because on on an off the shelf, I talked about how I fan have been fanboying over uh, Kelly Thompson's writing in Black Widow and discovering that I she's been writing a number of the titles that I've been reading. Um, and so I went and our friend uh, Andy, uh, your friend, but mm-hmm. um, oh, he's our friend. He's yeah. He came on he came on the show before talking about his book. Uh, he. Um, he sent me a message that says if if you like her, Kelly Thompson, uh, you definitely should check out the uh, Hawkeye that she wrote. Mm-hmm. It's also super good, and it's again, it's all character stuff. Or the writing is just her dialogue is so snappy, and the mm-hmm. art's pretty cool. 
So cool. Yeah. I'm digging that too. So thank you, Andy. So, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of church of the geek. Uh, if you want to uh, connect with us, uh, check us out on Twitter at geek church or church of the geek on Facebook. And, uh, We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at geekchurch1 at gmail.com. Uh, send us a message or something that we, you you disagree with. Or if you do think that uh, Ratatouille is a disaster movie, sure. <laughs> send us an email. We, we'd love to hear it. Change our mind. Change our mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thanks. Get, leave us a like or review or... Just share us if you get a chance to do that. That would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, we are very close here, folks, to the end of returning to something that uh, looks more like normal. And so don't uh, don't let up. Trust in God. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Please get vaccinated. And as always, geek be with you. And also with you. <laughs>